Some years ago when I was working at Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, I had the opportunity to take some of our high school seniors to San Diego, California for a senior trip. And San Diego is a beautiful city and we did some really fun things while we were there. We went to the San Diego Zoo, of course. We went to this really cool amusement park and and boardwalk. We went to Coronado Island. We kayaked in the ocean with seals all around us. A lot of fun things. But the activity I was most excited about doing was a whale-watching boat excursion. Are you familiar with these? Yeah, you get to go out into the ocean at different times of the year, depending on the, the migration habits of the whales. And you can go out and see them as they're traveling either north or south. And it just so happened to be that time of year in San Diego. And so we went out on this boat ready to see a whale. The trip out was pretty incredible. Even as we're driving out, there are dolphins going around us. We saw really cool things as we were out on the ocean. But after over an hour, we still had not seen a whale. An hour and a half passed. After two hours, we began to turn back and head back toward the San Diego Bay. And I was a little disappointed. Also a little hungry. And so I thought, I'm going to go get a snack. And so I started making my way to the bottom of the boat where there was a snack bar. I think you can see where this story is heading. As I descend the stairs into the belly of the boat, I hear a collective gasp on the top of the whale-watching excursion boat because they had just seen a whale. A whale jumped out of the water. I saw pictures of it after jumped out everything that I was hoping to see and longing for, they saw, but I missed for a snack. And these are not just, these are not good snacks. These are like pre-packaged, terrible for your health snacks. And I went to one of them and because I wasn't paying attention to what I should have been paying attention to, I missed the whole point of the whale watching trip. This morning, Matthew's going to introduce us to some people who are missing it. And they are missing something far greater than a whale. They are missing the Messiah. We once again encounter the Pharisees and the Sadducees who refuse to see what God has made abundantly clear, that Jesus is the Son of God. And we also see the disciples missing Jesus in a different way, distracted, failing to fully see what what God wants to communicate to them through Jesus, what he is doing amongst them in his time upon the earth. And in showing us these different ways that people around Jesus are missing him, Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is calling us as a people to not do that. Don't miss Jesus. We need to pay attention. We need to keep our eyes on Christ so that we can receive the fullness of blessing that God has prepared for us in Jesus. Friends, it is so easy to get distracted in this life. It's so easy to become focused on the wrong thing or or respond to the wrong impulse, to turn our head away from the things of God because of a, a momentary need. And in so doing, we miss Jesus. So Matthew is calling us to all who will listen, to all who have ears to hear and eyes to see, don't miss Jesus. 
Our objective today is pretty simple as we turn to Matthew chapter 16 and read the first 12 verses of this chapter. I want us to see some of the ways that we get caught up in this life or get distracted and as a result, miss Christ. Miss aspects of who Christ is. Miss the blessing that God has prepared for us in Jesus. We need to remember, church family, why we are on this boat. It's not to get distracted by some second-rate snack, friends. We are here to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Don't miss him today. Matthew chapter 16. If you don't have your Bibles, let me just encourage you to turn your attention to the pew Bibles that are in front of you. We will begin in Matthew 16. It's page 849. Now, I'm going to be reading from the ESV. The Bibles in front of you are New King James, but they are remarkably alike, so you can follow along. Sorry we're having technical difficulties this morning. Here's what the Word of God says. And the Pharisees and Sadducees came. And to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And he answered them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you can't interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. And so he left them and departed. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the disciples began discussing among themselves, saying, but we didn't bring any bread. Jesus, aware of this, said, oh, you of little faith, Why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive, do you not yet remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand? I did not speak about bread. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. As we step into Matthew 16, it feels very familiar, maybe a little redundant. The Pharisees and Sadducees are attacking Jesus once again, and the disciples are talking about bread and the fact that somehow, once again, nobody has any. And as I read this passage, I kind of found myself in a sense of disbelief. As we've made our way through 15 chapters of Matthew, it's become evidently, abundantly clear to me, and I hope to you, who this Jesus is. He is the Son of God. God is doing something miraculous through the sending of this Messiah, Jesus Christ, and yet there are people around him not seeing him. There are people around him not hearing him. How could they miss it? Remember, we are capable of missing what God is doing just like these Pharisees and Sadducees, just like even these disciples. And so let's hear as a people the warning of God. Let's not get distracted. Let's not move our focus. Let's keep our eyes on Christ. And so let's also receive today the warning that Matthew gives to us about some ways that we can get our eyes off of Jesus. 
Let's receive the warning today of, of how we can get caught up in the things of this world and turn our eyes away from where we are supposed to be looking so we don't miss Jesus. Three ways Matthew wants to warn us or to encourage us to not miss Jesus. Firstly, we can miss Jesus when we don't believe what God has promised. We can miss Jesus when we turn away from the promises of God and begin looking for something else. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came together to Jesus to test him. This is surprising because normally the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're rivals, but now they are united in opposition to Jesus. Apparently the enemy of my enemy is my friend in this case. And they came to test him, not because they believe there is a chance that Jesus is who he says he is, because they want to discredit him in front of all of those who are listening, to show these followers that they shouldn't be hoodwinked by a pretend Messiah. But look at how Jesus responds to their request in verses 2 and 3. He answered them, when it's evening, you say it's going to be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be storming today for the sky is red and threatening. You can interpret the appearance of the sky, but you can't interpret the signs of the times. Jesus asking them essentially, who is it that's really missing it here? How can you rightly interpret the weather because of the color of the sky, yet you fail to see the fulfillment of God's promises in me? And if you have not caught it yet with all the signs that I have given, it doesn't matter what I offer you, you're still going to miss it. Because God had made it abundantly clear who Jesus is. There's no question, just... Think about for a moment just the prophecies from Isaiah that Matthew has incorporated to show anyone with eyes to see, to help anyone with ears to hear, hear that Jesus is indeed the fulfillment of God's messianic promises. Isaiah 29, verses 17 to 21. It is not yet a little while until Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field will be regarded as forest. And that day, the deaf will hear the words of a book. Out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. The meek will obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 35, verses 5 to 10. Isaiah continues talking about what will happen in the time of the Messiah. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water and the haunt of jackals where they lie down. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway will be there. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not pass over it. It will belong to those who walk on the way. Even if there are fools, they will not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk. And the ransom of Zion will return to come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing. They will all flee away. Isaiah chapter 61. Verses 1 to 4, the Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me as the, uh, a messianic prophecy because he's anointed me 
The Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. He will be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up former devastations. They shall repair their ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Matthew incorporates all of these prophecies and many more into his gospel account to say to us, those of us who are reading, everything that you have been longing for, every ounce of this curse that you are desiring to see overturned by God's promised Messiah, it is happening right now in Jesus. Go read. The deaf, they are hearing. The blind, they are seeing. The meek are obtaining fresh joy. The lame are leaping like deer. The tongues of mute people are singing for joy. The poor are receiving good news. The brokenhearted are healed. The captive are being set free. The mourning of Israel is turning to praise. And this is just a sample from three passages in one book. Not to mention the miraculous birth of Jesus or his tragic death. So many evidences in God's word to point us. So many promises fulfilled in Jesus to show us he is the son of God. And yet these men want another sign. Why weren't these good enough? Why wasn't what God promised and clearly fulfilled good enough? What more do you need? What greater sign could be given than the Son if you are looking in faith? But that's the problem, right? These Jewish leaders were not looking in faith. The Pharisees and the Sadducees had moved so far away from the word of God that they had forgotten what God actually said about the Messiah or they were ignoring it. It's like going on a whale watching tour but looking for elephants. You're gonna miss it. You're not looking for the right thing. They weren't looking to God and his promises. They were looking to their own man-made religion themselves. And even when God would give him, give them his greatest sign in Jesus, the sign of Jonah that we discussed on Easter when Jesus would spend three days in the belly of the grave, only to come out on the other side alive, they still would not believe because they did not want to. Friends, how often do we find ourselves in a similar situation, trying to find excuses to not believe God because we don't want to submit to him. We don't want to give our lives fully to him when we don't look to him in faith when we want him to be defined by our expectations instead of us being defined by his. These men didn't want this Messiah. They were judging him by their own standard. Why would we follow him rather than Rome? He's not more powerful than Rome. He can't give us what Rome can. Why would we follow Jesus when that leads to camel hair clothes, locust eating, wilderness wandering, prison, and possibly death? I'm going to stick with Rome because they give wealth, comfort, peace, 
grapes. I want what they offer more than what Jesus offers. Do we believe that what Jesus offers is better? Do we? Really? It's hard sometimes to believe this, and yes, we, we must. We must believe. We must treasure and rest in the eternal more than the temporary, because if we don't, we may miss Jesus. That's the first way that we can miss Jesus, according to Matthew. We can have our heads turned by not believing what God has promised. There's a second way that Matthew warns us about missing Jesus in our text today as well. Not just when we don't believe what God has promised, but when we do believe what God has not promised. That's another way to miss Jesus as he engages false teachers here. What's tragic about the story of the Pharisees and the Sadducees is that they begin to lead people astray by their failure to believe in the promises of God. The leaven of their unbelief, it spreads, leading people to believe what they say, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the so-called experts in the law, more than what God has said. And the same danger exists today. We can be led away from Jesus and the blessings of Jesus by false teaching. It's what Christ talks about in verse 6 with this discussion about leaven. Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because as Paul writes in Galatians 5, 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It's amazing how false teaching can spread how it can spread through a people, how we can become enamored by things that are outside of the promises of God or the truth of Scripture. And yet we also know it's not amazing because we know our hearts. We know the enemy is cunning and and works against us by any means possible to destroy us. The enemy wants to take good things and manipulate them in order for us to take our eyes off Christ and miss him. For instance... He takes the promise of God and his word to pour out blessing upon his people and manipulates it in context with their own sin to create the so-called prosperity gospel. God wants to bless you, of course. So this means, it must mean, financial prosperity and good health, even those, those, those things are not directly promised in Scripture in the way that this teaching puts forward. But we want them more than we want Jesus, and so we believe it. Or he takes the command, the good command, to pray for and honor our respective nations, governments that God has established himself and perverts it into nation worship that limits our heavenly perspective and creates unnecessary political divisions among the people of God. Or he causes us to doubt the sufficiency of God's grace, not wanting to believe that God could or would love us so completely to save us without any work of our own in the process. Or he takes our empathy for people in sin and moves us to diminish the demands of the gospel, seeing it as loving to affirm them in their sin rather than as tragic and unloving. I could go on and on and on. Friends, we must be diligent to protect ourselves, our church, from false teaching. We must stand on what God has said. We must teach what God has said. We must submit to what God has said. And we must reject anything that is outside of what he has said. We cannot say less. 
than what God has said. But we must not say more than what God has said because as we have seen time and again, just a crack of false teaching can sink the whole ship. A little leaven can spoil the whole lump. And before long, we won't even recognize the true Jesus. We wouldn't recognize him if he walked in the door. So we can miss Jesus when we don't believe what God has promised. We can miss Jesus when we believe what God has not promised. And finally, we can miss Jesus when we see from a limited perspective. From a limited perspective. Perhaps the most surprising set of verses in our text today are the verses that deal with the disciples' reaction to Jesus' teaching. It's expected from the Pharisees and the Sadducees to miss Christ. But I kind of thought the disciples were making progress because not a few verses ago, a few pages ago, they're declaring after he walks on the water and calms the storm that he is the Son of God. And yet that declaration hasn't fully sat and their understanding of who Jesus is or, or what it is that he is trying to accomplish in them before he leaves. They get caught up once again in the fact that they forgot bread. And I, I think at this point it would be wise for the disciples to create a subcommittee on bread. <laughs> so it's, at least somebody is thinking, hey, after all these issues, somebody should be concerned about the fact that we have bread because we need bread eat. And yet here they are again forgetting it. And Jesus uses this conversation about bread to raise the issue, a spiritual issue of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But the disciples completely miss the point again of what Christ is trying to teach them. Look at verse seven. Watch and beware the, the leaven, verse six. And the disciples begin discussing among themselves, what does the leaven matter? We don't have any bread. They're so literal with what Jesus is saying. Jesus, why do we need to be concerned about leaven? There's no bread around here. We, we need some bread to eat, but we don't have any bread. Their hunger, their, their physical issue had so consumed them that they weren't really paying attention to what Jesus was saying, and they miss it. And so Jesus rebukes them. First of all, guys, bread's not a problem. How many times... Do you have to see that I can take care of the actual bread situation? I fed the 5,000 plus, I fed the 4,000 plus, I can handle feeding you, okay? But also, I'm not talking about bread. I, I hope you'd arrived at this knowledge by this point. I'm, I'm using the physical issue of bread to talk about something else. In this case, the teaching of false teachers. But how many times do we find ourselves again in a similar situation, church family? where we become so focused on a physical situation that we fail to see that maybe God is teaching us something spiritual through it. There may be a blessing there for us that we can't wrap our minds around because we don't want to see what God could be doing through it. Let me just give you a biblical principle this morning to, to hold tightly to this, uh, today. God is always using, always using our earthly situation to teach us heavenly truths. Always. He always redeems the physical to help us understand the spiritual, the temporary to help us understand the eternal. I think I've told this story before, but many years ago I got to go uh, work at a camp in North Louisiana called King's Camp, and the, the director of the camp at that time was a lady named Molly Hartrick. And Molly was 
truly the most joy-filled person I've, I've ever met in my life. You never saw Molly without a smile on her face. And I remember having a conversation with her about age 19 about how I was surprised by this because Molly had some significant health issues. Diabetes ravaged her body. It took her, took her eyesight, it took her foot, it took her leg, and eventually it took her life. And I remember having a conversation with Molly. This was just when I think she had lost her foot. She'd already lost her, her eyesight. And I said, Molly, I've never seen you unhappy. I've never seen you disappointed. I've never seen you frustrated. How can, how can that be when you have so many physical issues that you're, you're facing on a daily basis? And she said, oh, Jared, I don't regret these. I don't bemoan these one bit because it wasn't until diabetes took my eyesight that I actually saw the Lord. It wasn't until I was truly blind physically that I recognized how blind I was to all that God is and can be in my life. I, would, I wouldn't trade a thing because I'm more in love with Jesus today than I've ever been. He can take it all. And that's okay because I've got him. What a perspective. What a perspective. That's the perspective a disciple of Jesus should have. That we see, that we see that even in the midst of difficult situations, even in the midst of a physical circumstance, God is up to something. And if we will have ears to hear and eyes to see, we may see that he is teaching us something that will be of eternal benefit to us. Physical issues are not unimportant. Don't hear me say that. But they are part of a larger reality that we need to be sensitive to so that we can receive the blessing God intends. Friends, let's be on guard so that we don't miss Jesus. We don't miss the salvation he provides nor the blessings that he offers to his people. And I wanna end today with some good news because in the midst of this warning, in the midst of this command, to not miss Jesus, let's remember that God has given us some provision to help. Help us as his disciples today make sure that we don't miss Jesus. And I wanna specifically talk about two gifts, the spirit of God and the word of God that are ours and are gifts to help us keep our eyes on Jesus, to not miss him. And I kinda think our text is proof of the point. As we read Matthew 16, the inspired word of God, the Holy Spirit is working upon us to unveil for us, to show us the dangers that we face so that we don't fall victim to the danger. It's working to help us make sure that we don't miss Jesus. So let's consider for a moment the helpful work of the word and the spirit that will keep us from missing Jesus. Remember, the word and the spirit help us to know what God has said and believe it. There is a record here, a, a record written down over thousands of years to show us the faithfulness of God, what he has promised, and how those promises have been fulfilled in Jesus. We can read every page, every word from the Bible and see the faithfulness of God on display. And as we read about the faithfulness of God, the Spirit is firming up in our heart belief in God and the things of God so that we walk in faithfulness after a faithful God. Do you see the, the gift that is before us here to help us not miss Jesus? 
We need to be committed to reading the word of God. Let's use it. Let's delight in it so that we can see all that God has promised and rest in those promises. Let's let the the word, the written word, point us in the power of the spirit to the incarnate word, Jesus Christ, so that we do not miss him. That's one of the gifts of the word and the spirit as they work together. The word and the spirit also helps us to know what God has not said. It helps us to know what God has promised and to see that he's faithful, but it also helps us to know what God has not promised. We need to test the spirits when people claim to say something that is of God that does not sound like God. 1 John 4, 1 through 6 says so. We need to have disciplined ears. How can we know a lie if we don't know the truth? Let me ask you some questions. Do the people that you listen to on podcasts, on TV, the people of the songs that you listen to on Christian radio or on Pandora or Apple Music, do the books that we read that are from Christian authors distract us from what God has said or affirm in us what God has said? Not every book podcast or album that claims to be Christian is faithful. And we need to be careful. Listen, there are songs that we will never sing as a church that you probably hear on the radio because they are attached to churches that are teaching some questionable stuff. And I don't want you to hear a song here and go listen to it, go stream it, go buy a record or an album And then also begin to hear the false teaching that they teach on their albums in between the songs. So let me just encourage you. If you read something or hear something that that throws up a red flag in your spiritual heart, and you don't fully understand why it's problematic, but you think "This this sounds a little off, come talk to us. We would love to process through that with you. We want to protect you. We want to protect your your intake so that it's godly and leads you to Jesus. It doesn't take you away from Jesus. And by the way, if you don't know this yet, we have a number of faithful books at our Discover Bailey station that you can check out today that are approved and, and, and given by our staff So if you want some faithful resources that can help you in a number of places, go look there today. You can check them out free of charge. Just be sure you bring them back, okay? Because we will hunt you down. (laughs) And the final way that we can miss Jesus, or sorry, the final way that the word and the spirit help us to not miss Jesus is that the word and the spirit give us an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. Not a limited perspective, but an eternal perspective. Let us remember, friends, that this life is not all that there is. It's hard to sometimes wrap our mind around that because we live. This is what we, we see, we, what we immediately see. But this summer, we've had a lot of funerals at our church. We've had a lot of disease in our church. And it's just a reminder. It's, a, it's an act of grace, actually, even though it's in the middle of hardship, that this life is fragile that there's another life that we need to be preparing for. We are sojourners. We are are citizens of a greater, another kingdom. And our our journey does not end here. 
there's a, an eternal reality and we will spend our eternal reality in one of two places and we wanna be in heaven with our Lord, worshiping him forever. May we never forget where we are ultimately heading and how everything in this life is helping us if we allow the Lord to do it, to be more faithful, to be received, and to hear those words that he promises, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't miss Jesus, but recognize God has given you in his word and his spirit all the tools and resources you need to not miss him, to keep your eyes on him, to not let a, a momentary sin pain turn your head and take you down the steps and miss the glory of God that is jumping for all of us to see. Praise be to God that he's acted so graciously to give us these provisions. Let me ask you as we think about ways to respond this morning, do you know him and do you believe in him? Yes. For those of you who can't answer that question so confidently, maybe you're a visitor today. Maybe you've been looking for excuses to dismiss Jesus. Would you just Behold the witness of Scripture. Would you hear the witness of this church to say that he is the Son of God? And would you place your faith in him unto salvation today? Repent and believe in him and be saved. In just a minute, we'll have some pastors and ministers here in the front. After the service at the Discover Bay Leaf Station, we'll have pastors and ministers and faithful members there. We'd love to talk with you about Jesus, answer any questions you have, and point you to him so that you can place your faith in him. There's no greater decision you can make in your life than that decision to trust Jesus alone for salvation. For those of us who are in Christ, are you keeping your eyes on him? Have you been distracted lately by the things of this world, maybe sin or, or maybe worldly pursuits? Is there something taking your eyes off Jesus and are you missing him? Maybe not in a saving sense, but you're certainly missing some of the blessings because you haven't been looking at him. Would you repent of that today? And then, church family, will we collectively commit to helping our church be protected from false teaching so that we keep our eyes on him and nothing else? Let's make sure that the word of God is our final authority and whatever God has said is where we rest. Amen? Amen. Wherever you are, you bow your heads. Spend some time asking the Lord to help you know how to respond to his preached word. Thanking God for the warning of how we can get our eyes off of Jesus, but also making sure that in our lives we've not done that. Also thanking God for the provision that he's given and his word and his spirit to help us keep our eyes on Jesus. Father, would you help us respond in a way that is faithful, that we would, before your word and the presence of the spirit, Respond as you lead. Because we trust that where you are leading us is good. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that it's you who have helped us to not miss him. And in so doing, offered us salvation. We praise you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You stand and respond as the Lord leads. Thank you for worshiping with us. For more information about Bayleaf Baptist Church, visit our website, bayleaf.org.